Hello, everyone, and welcome to Laser Focus, presented by Guy Boston Sports. I'm your host, Justin Walpert. Now, let me welcome in my wonderful co-host, Faith. Hi, it's been a little while. Faith, how'd you feel about that win? How do you feel about Belichick's 300th win? And how do you feel about being 8-0 halfway through the season? We are halfway there. Um, like the undefeated right now. Uh, I don't want to sound negative, but negative by saying I really, truly don't believe we've played a real team yet. So we'll see how that goes. I think this week, because I really think that Lamar Jackson the legit. So we'll see how that goes this weekend. Yeah, I mean, I'd argue that we maybe played a real defense, but it was not coached by a real coach. The offense did struggle. Miles Garrett kind of, you know, put some pressure on Denzel Ward. Decent corner, actually really above average corner. The the offense did struggle. Um, Tom Brady went – one sec, let me pull it up here. Uh, Tom Brady went – and this is obviously skewed, but he went 20 for 36. Uh, He didn't – I'm going to say probably eight of those 16 incompletions were throwaways, so it's worse than it looks. Threw for two touchdown passes, but – and I do have to say, comfortable rolling out of the pocket a little bit, I think. Um, no, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Don't need him getting hurt. Well, if if that's if that's the only productive, it's a little necessary, but I see where you're coming from. 42, those stand him throwing at the running back's feet and ducking and taking cover when he feels um, yeah, plus you don't want so, to lose yards. So Dante Skarnecchia should be the best offensive line coach in the league. Maybe he's getting a little old. I don't know what's happening, but the offensive line needs some discipline, I think, this week. So they I'm do. hoping that's they a do. little better next week. They do. They're awful. They are awful. Tom Brady got uh, pressured on, I think, 59% of his snaps, which is, I'm told it's unheard of. It's ridiculous. I think that this is a pretty good um, – pretty good average of how the offensive line performed at least in the run block um 21 carries for 74 yards yeah, no touchdowns and a three point three point five yard average i'm sorry just please let me say this i don't want to prove felger and Maz right this season has shown that he's eh, he's not he needs he needs a he needs a big run through to be good he yeah. He can't find, he can't juke people. Not explosive this season. Yeah, he, he really is the, he was, he was clearly the third in the running back tandem of Georgia. And that, the running, I'm sorry, the running back trio, obviously, Todd Gurley, who's with the LA Rams, he was a, he's a little bit older, but um, Nick Chubb, who is with the Cleveland Browns and Sony Michelle, were all on the Georgia Bulldogs at one time. Um, so now, that was the running may I, back. Wait, may I ask? I'm just going to look up what picnic Chubb was. I believe he was a first rounder. Yeah, look him up. Um, but a, a few other things we can talk about on the offense, on the receiving end, we could talk about Julian Edelman, uh, eight receptions on 11 targets and two touchdowns. So That's Nick great. Chubb was actually drafted after Sony Michelle. So I, I yeah. do have to say we might have taken Wrong, so George Isaiah went Isaiah Wynn and Sony Michelle were your two first round picks. Yeah. Mine really really panning out well there. Um anyway, Faith, let's talk a little bit about Bill Belichick's three hundredth win. Unbelievable. 
uh, unbelievable. Yeah. And the season right now is looking like we might have seven or eight more wins to come. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, hope hopefully seven or eight more wins at least. Um, like it's it's a huge accomplishment. Obviously, he's not done. Uh, as Tom Brady said, they're on to win three hundred one. But it's it's worth mentioning. It's a huge accomplishment for Bill Belichick. And how poetic is it that he came here with the Cleveland Browns? Actually, the last time they won in Foxborough, the last time the Cleveland Browns won in Foxborough was the Bill Belichick uh, was the team that Bill Belichick won his first game with in nineteen ninety two. And yeah, Bill Belichick yeah. comes full circle with the Patriots and the greatest quarterback of all time and just curb stomps with Cleveland Browns. And Faith, any final um, thoughts on offense? Well, we've missed talk about the uh, Giants game. So I'd just like to mention a few things. Um, Giants game, I think, is pretty mean. We, I mean, we, we beat them. It wasn't there wasn't many interesting things to say about that. Uh, we uh, Sam Darnold seeing ghosts. So yeah, can we talk about that for a second? I'm loving that. Why are you allowing, as an organization, your 22 year? I'm 22 years old. Why are you allowing your 22 year old, basically rookie quarterback, to be mic'd up on Monday Night Football? Yep, it's you should be micing up Jamal Adams or something. You should not be micing up your rookie quarterback for all intents and purposes on Monday Night Football. Would you I would agree. you mic up Tom Brady? Would you mic up Jared Stidham? Would you mic up Nikhil Harry? You should not be micing up your players. And if you do, you get Matthew Slater or you get Stephon Gilmore or somebody somebody like that. You do yeah. not get a quarterback. Maybe yep. Julian Edelman if you're very, very lucky. Bill Belichick's so in we, a good mood. So we had we had Sam Darnold seeing ghosts. We, oh, the coach, the out coaching of Adam Gase was just unbelievable. So, well, if you thought Adam Gase was a bad coach, wait till you hear about this week. So, and then um, just before this game, uh, Tuesday, the week before this past game, we acquired Mohamed Sanu for a second round pick, maybe a bit of an overpick. Love it. Love he it. Was the boost that I think he'd be? He'll be a great fit in this offense. Um, and yeah, I'm. I, trade that we made so yeah yeah Muhammad Sanu Rutgers guy I've always thought he'd be a great Patriots player but uh Bill Valachuk obviously loves uh loves Rutgers I believe like half our secondary is from Rutgers yeah. but Muhammad it Sanu, looks like, um, the, it looks like the locker room too this year is really really just together mm-hmm. issue you said that Matthew Slater's post-game speech was one of, it was so I think the leadership is good and I think they're really on track for something special yeah Okay, so let's move on to the defensive performance. Um, this is obviously a historic defense, but this was his- historically bad from the Browns. They had three straight. Let me just say this. I was at the game, right? I look up. I all of a sudden, like, like literally right before, like, like that, like the snap of my fingers. They snapped the ball, and all of a sudden, Dr. Hightower was getting a touchdown. Wow. So that happens. I swear. I looked down at my phone to check my fantasy because that's very important nowadays. Did a win. Spoiler alert, um, she lost. I won in one of my leagues, so split, okay? Um, but I did lose in the important one, but that's another story. Um, I look up. I swear, I look down for two minutes. All of a sudden, I look up. Nick Chubb is taking off at 
everybody thought it was ridiculous that we scored another defensive touchdown. Jonathan Jones comes out of nowhere. I'm, I'm just incredibly impressed with the defense this year. Yeah, I mean, it, great, great play on Jonathan Jones. Um, maybe a little overhyped, but it was a great play. Anyway, three straight turnovers on three straight snaps. The last time that happened, Faith, do you know? I don't know. It was Ryan Tannehill's first start for the Miami Dolphins. It was September 9th, 2012. He threw three straight picks on three straight snaps. So, as Faith mentioned, uh, Nick Chubb got the ball knocked out by his own defensive lineman who just basically kicked it out of him. And then he ran for 50 yards and got the ball knocked out by Jonathan Jones, who I will say, pretty good, pretty good athletic ability. He did hustle. Then He ran by the defender that was going after Chubb. He ran by at least two of our own. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was a great play. I want to up to him. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Sorry, it was, was a just... great, it was a great play. And when Let's I get saw on. Nick Chubb taking, the defense is so good this year that, you know, any team, you know, lets some of them yeah, go, you know? But I was like, they, this isn't happening. The defense is really letting this team have a good play, you know? But nope. Anyway, anyway, really, this is Baker Mayfield's butt fumble right here. Baker Mayfield threw a shovel pass directly to Lawrence Guy. It was supposed to go to Jarvis Landry. And if you know what a shovel pass is, it's like a quick little pass. Um, it doesn't get intercepted, but it was thrown directly to Lawrence Guy because Baker Mayfield is careless. Careless. This was one of the dumbest plays I've ever seen. This is one of the worst plays I've ever seen. He looked him really right in the eyes and just kind of, just kind of let go of the ball. Literally, Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield threw an interception to a defensive lineman. When does that happen? But enough, enough of the good parts of the defense. Really, the the big problem is that Nick Chubb was allowed to run all over this defense all day. He had 20 carries for 131 yards. He averaged 6.6 yards per carry. Yeah, I do. Also That's by far the highest all season. There was a lot more um, catches against us this week. Baker Mayfield did complete a amount of passes and. Yeah, Baker Mayfield completed 20 passes, 194 yards. That's standard, but this defense is so good, it's just – it's high for this exactly. defense. It, but that's not was, bad. Um, it wasn't – it was a little – obviously, that's not even that great. Not, our defense hasn't done – allowed really that much most of the year. So – Yeah, it was, it was well, subpar was for noticing, this defense. I was noticing that we had Jamie Collins and Dante Hightower in coverage a lot, which – wasn't good. That's how one of those touchdowns was scored. I mean, Dante Hightower was in coverage on one of the fa- one of the fast receivers, which is just that's not his place in the defense, like the scheme that we had. But they still got it done. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that was a weird play. I do remember seeing. I believe it was Dante Hightower in the end zone, just not just playing as a functioning as a cornerback. Anyway, special yeah. teams, special teams. So Stephen Guskowski, as we know, is on IR. And uh, Mike, Nugent. Mike Nugent was our kicker this weekend. Yeah, well, before we get to that, let's let's go through his kicking. So the first kick, this is one of the scariest kicks you'll ever see in the NFL. It was literally a line drive, and it was about two feet over over the post where it needed to be. So it went in. He had a he had another blocked kick. He made one field goal that was good. Made two field goals actually. 
Um, and then he just missed, he missed one way wide left and literally killed somebody in the stands almost. Um, so anyway, he was cut today. And a lot of people yes. thought, a lot of people thought maybe Nick. Matt Bryant, maybe a lot of people thought maybe Matt oh. Bryant would be the kicker. And it, uh, from Atlanta, he was cut. Young Wei Koo, who was our practice squad kicker in New England, was signed by Atlanta, by the Atlanta Falcons today. So a lot of people thought, um, what's his name, would be our kicker. Matt Bryant would be our kicker. Um, but I don't think the Patriots have the cap room. So now Nick Folk is the new kicker for the New England oh. Patriots. Are you kidding me? Nick Folk, if those of you don't remember, um, Thursday night of last year, we the Patriots went to Tampa Bay, and Nick Folk missed about four kicks from memory. I believe that was the two. But you know what? There's no way that Nick Folk could be worse than Mike Faith. There's no way Nick Folk could be worse than Mike Nugent. There's no way. There's no way. I believe that that was the 2017. He played in the AAF last year, actually. Okay. Well, anyway. And his AAF record and um, longest field goal kick was 55 yards. So, not bad. Not bad. He cannot be worse than Mike Nugent. He, he, there's, he, goes, there's... he did have to nail a 61 to win against the Chiefs last year, though. So, keep that in mind. The Chiefs lost this weekend, by the way. So. Yeah, yeah. Faith, we'll go over that when we go around the league. Sorry. Just anyway, I have, I have just a final thought. I just want to – we didn't really touch on this third and 11 scenario that the Browns had at the end of the game. And so so the play was third and 11. Baker Mayfield, I believe it was – was it play action or was it just a generic pass, Faith? I believe it was just – well, they had a penalty for the pick play. Yeah, anyway. Anyway, there was a pass play to Baker Mayfield. I'm sorry. There was a pass play to Odell Beckham Jr. from Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield – uh, threw it over Odell's head, like a like ten feet over his head. Couldn't catch it. So then we get to fourth and eleven, and you know Freddie Kitchens obviously knows he has to go for it, but by the time he realizes he has to go for it, his punt team is out there. So his punt team's out there. It's fourth and eleven, and uh, they go fourth and sixteen because, and I quote from uh, Tracy Wolfson, the sideline reporter for the game. By the way, great broadcast crew. Love them. So glad that we got a real broadcast crew. I'm done listening to High and Eagle. Anyway, Tracy Wolfson reported that uh, Freddie Kitchens did not want to use that last timeout. So instead of a 4th and 11, which is, again, pretty difficult conversion rate, pretty low, they decided to take a 5-yard delay of game or a legal motion penalty. I don't know. It doesn't matter. 4th and 16. You made it 4th and 16, and Baker Mayfield gets sacked. On a must-have play that should have been 4th and 11, you made it 4th and 16, and then Baker Mayfield gets sacked. My God, we didn't even get a touchdown on that drive when we were on the hard line, so it was a little upsetting, but that's okay. Yeah, it's just Freddie Kitchens is an awful coach, but we'll get to him later when we rate our play, when we rate him. Faith, why don't we talk about your three key players for the game? My first one was Mohamed Sanu. I mean, obviously not a lot, but two catches. Um. If you could just check that for me, I think it was only two. But he obviously yes, had a really, two, really two catches on five targets. Okay, yeah. So he had um, a couple drops, but I was pouring out, so don't want to say much. And it was his first. Had any... He had that great catch in a must need situation on a on a fourth down that we needed to get. Um, so I was impressed there. He was on the field for. 
so they obviously have some trust in him. So uh, be a really, really good contributor for the second. Um, number two, Stephon Gilmore, great in coverage once again. Uh, almost had a pick, seemed pretty distraught with himself after after dropping that pass, basically right. So that was a little bit annoying, but he was obviously good in coverage. Made all his tackles pretty good. And number three, Jimmy Collins. Um, once again, just all over the ball. Uh, one and a half sacks, I believe. Um, yeah, one and a half sacks, 12 tackles. Yeah, so he looked really good. Uh, continues to impress me. I think I've like literally set him on my key players every week. But mm-hmm. yeah, my number one key player this week is Lawrence Guy. Anytime a defensive lineman catches a uh, catches an interception, I'm going to put him on my key players. I, I don't I don't care if that was scheme or what that was. Uh, if we did the career. if we did the podcast when Vince Wilfork had that pick, I I, I would have in Denver. I would have put him on the list. Lawrence Guy got an interception. I don't care how we did it. He's a 300-pound de- uh, defensive lineman, and he got an interception. Um, second guy is Jonathan Jones. I, I think that that's, uh, that's, not, that's not hustle that you get from a losing team or a player on a losing team. So I really respect the fact that he, he was able, he had the awareness to go back and try to catch Nick Chubb, and he did. Uh, Nick Chubb's ball security skills are awful, though, so I don't know how much credit I want to give Jonathan Jones and how much blame I want to assign to Nick Chubb. Um. And then I got to give it to Julian Edelman. Um, the offense, again, wasn't great in this game, but Julian Edelman had, um, let me find it. Julian Edelman had eight receptions for 72 yards on 11 targets and two touchdowns. That's kind of pedestrian for Julian Edelman, but it's it's pretty good for, for you know, this year's Patriots offense. Okay, Faith. We are going yeah. to rate Freddie. I just, I just like to make a, a small executive decision to our coaching scale. So, as we when we started the podcast, as everyone knows, a zero on the coaching scale is Hugh Jackson, and a ten is Bill Belichick. I am officially changing that zero from Hugh Jackson, who will now no, 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 no. assign you, a one. No, no, before you do. Last year, at this point in the year, the Cleveland Browns were actually doing better with Hugh Jackson, and I believe that he actually maybe should have lasted the whole season. If not, at least they should have hired Greg Williams. So, Freddie Kitchens, to me, is under Hugh Jackson. Therefore, this week, I will be rating Freddie Kitchens a... Yes. I was actually going to give him a negative one, and then I decided I need to change the scale. So, Freddie Kitchens gets a negative one. But we're amending the scale from here on out. So from here on out, Hugh Jackson is a 1 and Freddie Kitchens is a 0 with Bill Belichick still remaining at a 10. Because your talent level of your players doesn't really determine your ability as a coach. The way that everyone acts on this... Denzel Ward, Miles Garrett... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Faith, let me finish my point. Let me finish my point. When you're on when you're on the sidelines and your players can't stay behind the yellow line and you get flagged for it, that is middle school basketball crap. That is middle school basketball crap, and you're doing it in the NFL. Also, the whole third and eleven, fourth and eleven, fourth and sixteen debacle where you didn't want to use a timeout, and why didn't you have timeouts to use? Because you blew them on stupid challenges. That's why he had no timeouts. That's why he had one timeout left, 
and wanted to take a five-yard penalty to, again, make his rookie quarterback look like a fool and take a sack. So, Freddie Kitchens gets a negative one from us, and we are amending the scale. So, Freddie Kitchens is now the standard for sucking in the NFL as a coach. While we're talking about coaches and how Freddie Kitchens is the coach, John Dorsey is going to ruin this franchise. He already has. He already has. It's been 20 years. He ruined it. He's ruining. They're ruining Baker Mayfield. Had a year, started to get there, could have really got there and been a real team, and he screwed it up again by hiring this loser. You let your rookie quarterback pick his coach. And Baker Mayfield got disciplined by Greg Williams last year, and he, I'm not going to pick Greg Williams as my head coach because he's going to discipline me. I think I can run the show. Baker Mayfield, do you think you can run the show now? No. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm all, I'm okay with a franchise quarterback like Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, Matt Ryan, someone established in the league having some input in their next coach. Um, but you don't let a rookie quarterback pick a coach. That's dumb. That's so dumb. That's stupid. Greg Williams with the coach right now, they'd be a If Gary. anybody else was the coach, this is essentially – taking some sort of low-level employee that doesn't know anything and making them the CEO. This is That's what they've done. Okay, let's go around the league. So, uh, half-decent Thursday night football game this week, wouldn't you say? Redskins at Vikings. Vikings win that 19-9. Um, okay, I guess. Um, Kirk Cousins Haskins. showed up. Kirk Cousins Dwayne showed Haskins. up. Yeah, Kirk Cousins showed up, finally. Um he, he has for four weeks straight. I the time's yeah. coming. The time's coming. I believe he has a divisional he, game this week. I'm impressed by him. As I, I think he's a good quarterback. Um, he sucks. Case Keenum got a concussion, I believe, or was at least putting concussion. So, um, Dwayne Haskins was put in, and I don't think the Redskins organization is showing him or giving him any confidence. So I don't think that he is success right now. So talk that's about, clearly- talk about another place that's going to ruin a potentially great quarterback. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. Seahawks at Falcons. Seahawks win that 27, 20, not much to talk about here because uh, Seahawks the, are a Falcon. Ha- oh no, that's, I'm sorry. That's um. no. Faith, can, we, can you stop? Can you stop with Kansas city until we get to Kansas city, please? No, I meant to say Matt Schwab. Thank you. Seahawks obviously win that game. Falcons, uh, they're 2-5 and five or whatever. They're not making the playoffs. They suck. Dan Quinn should be fired any day now. Their backup quarterback threw for 460 yards that we just added, which I think is ridiculous. But anyway, defense. Oh, right. Matt I mean, Ryan got hurt in this game. That's how inconsequential this game was to me. I didn't they got pay hurt attention. Last, he got hurt last week. He was not. He was right, 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 whatever, exactly whatever, it doesn't even matter, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. Eagles at Bills. I actually thought the Bills were going to win this game, but Eagles won 31-13, so the I Bills... I knew the Eagles were going to win, I knew the Bills weren't a real team, that's all I have to say. The Bills might not be as good as we thought, they're still a contender in the AFC. Chargers at Bears, this was just an embarrassment. Oh, doesn't that just make you sick to say? The Chargers Bills are Bears. a contender in the AFC? Yeah, can we Faith, can we get through this? I know you're a little irritable today, but can we get through this, please? Yeah. Okay. 
Chargers at Bears. Chargers win 17-16. And wouldn't you know what? The Bears have kicking problems again. Eddie, oh, Eddie Pinheiro missed a 51-yard field goal to win this game uh, for the Bears. But the Bears kneeled it on first and one, first and 10 and didn't try to get any, yard, get any yards. They just stuck their kicker out there to drive for a 51-yard field goal. Matt Nagy, you deserve to lose. Giants at Lions. Lions win 31-26. Uh, Giants stayed in there. Pretty competitive. Daniel Jones is looking like a decent quarterback, and the Lions are looking like a half-decent team. Yeah, Danny Amendola is really showing up for them, honestly, this season. I yeah. have to say. Yeah, that team is built off half-Patriots, so, you know. <laughs> really? Patriots 2.0. Uh, Raiders at Texans. Texans win that 27-24. That's far too close, in my opinion, but DeAndre Hopkins gets uh, his 8,000th receiving yard, and... Um, I believe he's third on the list for receiving yards in, like, how many... For, to reach 8,000 in the first three seasons. I think it's like him, Larry Fitzgerald, and mm-hmm. Randy Moss, maybe? I believe so. Um, yeah. And um, Deshaun Watson got kicked in the face that game and still – or kicked in the face on the play and still threw a touchdown pass. While, while being sacked, broke the tackle, got kicked in the face and made an incredible pass into the end zone. That was the play of the week to me. I was so impressed by that. Mm-hmm. So next win we have Jet, Jets at Jaguars. Jaguars win that 29-15. And before the game, the Jaguars mascot jumped off some sort of a balcony. It was obviously like a planned stunt. Uh, jumped off the balcony as a ghost. So the Sam Darnold comment is really, really proving to be haunting to him. And they they played a parody video of all his interceptions with Ghostbusters playing it. ESPN should really film. ESPN really should be ashamed of themselves for that. Um, anyway, Jag, Jaguars win that 29-15. To me, the story is that the Jets suck. The Jets are horrible. They also were shopping maybe on Bells today, which I thought was a bit strange. We didn't get traded, but just wanted to mention that. Well, I mean, they're awful, and they owe them a lot of money, so... Bengals at Rams in London. Rams win that 24 to 10. There's really no surprise there. Um, even if the Rams weren't good, they're playing the Bengals. So not much to say. Andy Dalton is being benched this upcoming week. Oh, which I think yes. Is Andy crazy. Dalton being benched for, um, what is it, Matt Finley? Rookie. I don't even know the guy. I don't even know the kid's name. Cardinals at Saints. Drew Brees comes back, wins 31 to 9. That's a pretty dominant victory in a competitive they division. Two star quarterbacks on their team, which I think is they have, they have a star quarterback and a good quarterback. They don't have two stars. Prove to me that Teddy Bridgewater is a good uh, uh, star quarterback when he actually plays sixteen games and is a he would have took a starting quarterback. He would have brought him to the playoffs if Brees never came back. They would have made the playoffs. I don't know if they would have won anything. Uh, Buccaneers at Titans. 27 at 23. Titans win that Two game. Bad teams. Ryan Tannehill was starting. Man. Yeah, not much to say on that. I don't want to talk about it. Panthers at 49ers. 49ers win that 51 to 13. And Jimmy Garoppolo and the San Francisco 49ers are 7 and 0. Yeah, Jimmy G looks good. Um, I think it, the it, defense is good too. I think it's more the coach and Richard Sherman and Nick Bosa, but you know. I guess they're really good. Mm-hmm. Emmanuel Sanders. 
addition. We'll see. I don't know. Yep. It's hard for me to believe that they're really this good. But Broncos at Colts. Colts win that 15-13. to 13. Joe Flacco sucks. Joe Flacco clearly wants out of Denver, and Denver wants him gone. It was um, a I think weird nail-biter, too. And also, I think, Flacco might go on IR. Let me just say. Yeah, I think that's a fake injury, by the way. I don't believe that that's a real injury. Um, I think they made that up so that they could just get rid of him. But that's just me. Um, Adam Vinatieri Adam Vinatieri kicks a game-winning field goal in this game uh, to win 15-13. But it looked for a long time like the Colts were going to lose. And really, both teams deserve to lose this game. Browns at Patriots. We obviously already went over that, but the Patriots won 27-13. Okay. Packers at, Packers at Chiefs on Sunday night football. Packers win 31-24. And since the last time that we have spoken, Faith, Patrick Mahomes got hurt last week. He's starting next week, but yes. He is starting next week. I believe that that's too early to bring him back. I believe that they should hold him out because they have a bye the week after, make sure he's good for the stretch, but they're not going to do that because they're idiots. I agree, but they're not going to do that. And Ian Rapport has reported that Patrick Mahomes' knee actually has uh, flexible, more fluid ligaments than the average knee. So in a normal case of a dislocation in the knee, the ligaments would normally um, have damage in all. But since his ligaments are so flexible and fluid, he actually had damage just slightly in one single ligament surrounding the knee. So he could heal significantly faster than other people who have the same injury. And that message was brought to you by Dr. Faith Wolpert. Thank you, Faith. Um, yeah, well, I mean, when Patrick Mahomes gets hurt again, if he gets hurt again, don't tell me I didn't tell, I didn't tell you so. Because they're bringing Very him back too early. Dealing- I don't care about some sort of extreme flexibility. I don't care that he's like an incredible in the knee area. Okay, um, moving on. Dolphins at Steelers. Uh, Monday Night Football, 27-14. Faith, can I tell people who won that game first? Can I tell people who won the game first? Sorry. Steelers won that game 27-14. Faith, go. The Dolphins actually looked like they were going to win for a little while. They did. They they the Dolphins um the Dolphin the this the Dolphins let the Steelers score twenty seven unanswered points. The Dolphins had a fourteen nothing lead at one point. Yeah, I think Mason Rudolph has some potential. Honestly, so he does. He does. Um, I think that Mike Tomlin didn't have them prepared. I I really do. How do you not prepare for this? You don't even need to prepare for this. It, He's yeah, right. I don't think he. I don't think he did. Okay, so it's week eight. Um, most of the teams have played eight games, so we're roughly halfway through the season. Um, I want to take a look at the current playoff picture. So as it stands in the AFC, actually, Faith, do you want to start with the AFC or NFC? You can start with the AFC. Okay, as it currently stands in the AFC, the Patriots are the one seed at 8-0. The Colts are the two seed at 5-2. and two. And these, those are the two that get buys. Currently, the three seed at five and two is the Baltimore Ravens. The four seed is the Chiefs at five and three. The fifth seed is the Buffalo Bills at five and two. <laughs> and the sixth seed is fi- at, at five and three is the Houston Texans. So what currently wild card weekend is Texans at Ravens and Bills at Chiefs. I could Can see- either of those road teams win? Can the Bills go? On, can the Bills do it to Kansas City? I 
Well, if I'm being honest, I can see maybe the uh, the Jaguars maybe sneaking in and the Bills kind of turning the crap at the end of the season. But I um, think the Faith, I think the Bills are making the playoffs. I do. We'll see. Titans are also there, and if the Steelers start winning games, they could be there too. They're we'll three see. and four. Okay. Um, do you see it changing at all at the in the top two seeds? Um, I I I could see the Colts move down a bit. Um, I do think that they they'll stay in the top. Uh, honestly, five. I I uh, not top top four. They'll they'll stay in the division leaders area. But I I uh, well no. But I could see them. I could anyway, see them you're too indecisive. We'll, we'll revisit this. You're way too indecisive at the moment. Well, I think everything should stay will stay the same, but I could see the Colts. I think it's a little bit much that they're second place team right now with the talent. Yeah, I, the I think talent it's, it's on the Chiefs and Ravens, but it's a little much. But how many games are the Chiefs going to lose? I mean, if they lose again this week, they're true. they're they're five and four. It's barely about five hundred. Okay, as it stands in the NFC, 49ers first seed at seven and zero. Saints seven and one are the two seed. The three seed at seven and one as well is the Packers. The fourth seed at four and three is the Cowboys. What a joke. The fifth seed at six and two is the Seahawks. And the sixth seed at six and two is the Vikings. So currently wild card weekend would be Vikings at Packers and Seahawks at Cowboys. Faith, I think the Seahawks can win in Dallas. Oh, I think that can happen. Incredibly, incredibly likely. I really think the Seahawks are gonna. Yeah, the idea of the, the idea of Kirk Cousins at Lambeau Field Wild Card Weekend really gets me excited, but <laughs> I really feel like Aaron Rodgers would just. He'd be killed. Vikings would be killed at Lambeau Field. I, yeah, I'm gonna say like fifty to ten, maybe. <laughs> That's a little much, but. Yeah, and uh, just just a notable team. Uh, last year's NFC champions, the Rams, are not in the playoffs at the moment. They're five and three, and currently the seventh seed. Obviously, there's a long way to go. There's there's tiebreakers here. There's head-to-head matchups to be played. But this is just where we stand. I, uh, Patriots and 49ers, only two undefeated teams left in the league. So three of the top four seeds in the NFL are occupied by the Patriots quarterback room of 2014. Unbelievable. Right, 2014? 16. 2016, sorry. Okay, yeah. looking ahead to next week. Patriots at Ravens on Sunday Night Football. Harbaugh against Belichick. First real game. Lamar Jackson against Tom Brady. It is the first real game. The only concern I have with this game is how the Patriots offense can function against that defense and how our defense can stop Lamar Jackson. I guess I have two concerns. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, you're... I, I think... Well, I mean, they do have Earl Thomas. Is Earl Thomas injured? No, I don't think he is. Um, they have a great defensive line, so the offensive line has to protect Brady. Um, it's, I mean, you got Bill Belichick as your coach, and Josh McDaniels as your offensive coordinator, or Tom Brady, so the offense should be able to figure it out. They, they figure it out every year. Um, but turn is containing Lamar Jackson. This. Oh, absolutely! And if you're gonna make him, if you're gonna make him throw, I don't think he can. I, I mean, we'll see if he can throw because 
Those Patriots well, linebackers can, are going to give him hell. Corners are too good, and there's going to be a lot of pressure. But he can break away. So you're going to have to put a safety. At, you're going to have to put a safety and a linebacker on him, essentially. Oh yeah, you need. I would say probably Deron Harbinet free safety, kind of going after. Maybe him. Devin McCourty. Maybe Blue Devin line. McCourty. Well. You can do cover zero with their receivers. You can do cover zero with their receivers. Yeah, Jerron Harmon's really good on – and Patrick Chung really in the pressure. Yeah. Um, I mean, they have Mark Ingram, who is a legit running back. So, we'll see how that goes for the defensive line again. But I'm excited. They also have one of the best running backs in the league, Dalvin Cook, Justin. No, they don't. The Ravens oh, do not have Dalvin Cook. It's the Vikings. I'm sorry. Yes. Wait. Yes. Who is? Wait. It's Mark. Continue. It's Mark Ingram. Anyway, um, the way that Tom Brady is able to function with his offense, the way that he's able to lead this offense on the road on Sunday Night Football against a legitimate defense, is really going to be telling towards how the season's going to go. I think. Yeah. And the fact that is it Jim Harbaugh has had success against the Patriots before. Is it John or Jim Harbaugh? I always get the two mixed up. It is John Harbaugh. Okay. Uh, yeah. The way that the fact that John Harbaugh has had success against the Patriots, the fact that they're on the road, and the fact that it's in my in our view the first real team that they've actually played all season, it's a bit concerning. But you know, I see no reason why this. Got a long this... history with the Ravens. Yes. So, Faith, any final thoughts on that game? I'm excited to see what we can do against a team. A the realm of talent than that we do compared me to too. me too i i i think pretty pretty low of the quarterback i think he's really a glorified running back but i'm excited to watch him i'm excited to watch this team and i'm excited for sunday night football so we will be back next week to cover that for you um Here thanks for have. tuning in today you can follow us on twitter at laser focus pod and you could stream us uh with your using your favorite podcast streaming service but we are on itunes so until next time and spotify what and spotify and spotify yes so we'll be back next week to recap sunday night football the patriots at the ravens thanks for tuning in